0: Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another lovely evening of Jaybird watching. We hope you're all having a better week than the Toronto Blue Jays had, but we're going to have some fun and looking forward to the future here in the next couple of weeks as we once again have the normal gang with me here as it's my week, the host, Adam Corsair, Brendan Panikar. Fellas, how we doing? Could be uh, better.
3: Yeah, we're all right. I'm good.
0: I'm yeah. good. Yeah, you you're, you you are full Matt shoemaker right now. I'm so jealous that you've got the curl going and I've been growing the beard almost as long as you. I don't get the depth out. It just kind of like curls back up on itself like a freaking bad haircut. <laughs> Listen,
3: man. I got I got it I got it going. It's it's a nice drippy fade day. It's good. Everything's cleaned up. I cleaned up up here. I'm good. I'm it's good. good. Everything's good.
0: With us from the Jays Jam podcast. Chris K,
4: how you doing, buddy? Boys, boys. <laughs> Brendan Panikar, Adam Corsair. The fabulous. Kremlin. Fabulous.
0: <laughs> Love that you're sporting the it, uh, old school Roy Halliday, the Angry Bird jersey, and the
4: in the JD bringer a rain in the back there. You that's know sweet. what? We have <laughs> to think positively, and that's kind of what that's all about. We got to think back to <laughs> happier days. It's not all bad, though. It's really not all bad. But, yeah, you know, things are good. Things are okay. The bats are going to come. Let's talk about it.
0: The reinforcements are on the way. But first, before we talk about the good things that are coming, hopefully, here in the very soon and near future, let's talk last week. So, coming into this past week since our last recording, the Blue Jays were a 3-3 three and three split where they actually had picked up two out of three against the New York Yankees. Things were looking up, right? Why the hell not? You know, you're excited about the Yankees being horrible in the basement, and we actually were able to take them to school two out of the three games. But... We go into Kansas City, fellas, and unfortunately, things did not get better, and it looked almost as bad as the last, you know, few frowning faces we've had in that ballpark. The Blue Jays were not even able to really get any kind of offense going. It was rough. They won one out of four games, and that was the only game that they really even showed any signs of life. Other than the first day on Jackie Robinson Day, they were able to score five. But in all reality, it was really, really rough. And going to talk into it, what were your guys' takeaways? I'm going to let us start with our our lovely guest here, Chris. And um, talk about the KC series and what just was horribly wrong, is I think you know where I'm alluding. <laughs> uh,
4: well, who expected Tanner Rourke to come out of the bullpen, first of all? Uh, <laughs> I, I and- that's right. <laughs>
3: he wasn't terrible no he wasn't he wasn't
4: terrible um like the the rest of the way to get there was pretty bad you know what kansas city when when we were kind of doing our run through for um for the year uh i have i had kansas city pretty i don't want to say high up on my list but there was definitely a possibility that i could see them squeaking third uh, in the Central Division, so I, I don't think I was terribly shocked to see a good competitive series. Okay. Now, having said that, these these are games that we should be winning. These are games that we need to win. I hate I hate 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 the whole rhetoric that it's early. I hate it because this game the games in April mean just as much as the games in September. They're all worth one win, and these are wins that we need to be getting right now. Granted, they've they've had some really good pitching. Um, they, they got, they got their bats. They got, uh, Merrifield's one of my favorite players to watch, uh, in the AL. He's so exciting. Um, yeah, the, the boys just went silent on the bats and who would have thought that you could say that we have all these injuries and I know we'll get to that in a little while, but who could have said, who could have thought that if you said to any one of us in March, um, Romano's hurt, Merriweather's hurt, uh, Teoscar's out, Springer hasn't played a game yet, and who could have predicted that we'd be looking at the offense going, where are you? Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And, and the pitching holding up with all those injuries, Chapwood, uh Stripling, uh, Ray didn't pitch a few games, like who would have thought that the pitching wouldn't, would be holding up its end of the bargain? That's definitely the one thing that is uh, the shocking takeaway, I think, from the
0: Kansas City series that we actually were salvageable on the mound Mm. and the offense was the complete clear obvious part that we need to improve on Uh, Brendan do you want to pick up that part of the conversation and run with it?
1: Yeah sure Uh, Chris to your point about the Royals they actually had a very sneaky good offseason some very Mm. under the radar moves uh, picking up Benintendi uh, Soler just in was it 2019 he hit almost 50 home runs Um, they have some nice solid cornerstone pieces and obviously Sal Perez is still there uh, Danny, I know Danny Duffy didn't pitch in that series, but he's been off to a fantastic start. And Brady Singer looks like he's the real deal. So you're having the makings of a team that maybe not as soon as this year, but another solid off and they could very much be in the conversation for a wild court or even challenge for the division next year. So you're right; they are a very, very competitive team. Um, I just want like Thursday's game bothered me just so much because. Anthony K deserves so much better than what he got because mm-hmm. man, like there was some, there was some borderline strikes that weren't gone. That didn't go his way. He was doing a decent job of painting 97 inside to, to righties and, and all that stuff. And unfortunately the defense let him down uh, in the outfield uh, and at third base. I know we'll get into a lot of that later, um, but it was definitely rough. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, Tanner Roark did stabilize the game. I know he gave up some runs when he came in, but he got outs and that's what matters. I like, I look back at that weekend and the, the story continues to be Steven mats just continues to be unreal. Um, I'm not expecting Matts to be a ERA under two or even an ERA under three guy, but his ground ball percentage is back up to where it was in his best days with the Mets. Um, all of his pitches are working right now and, I know we'll talk about the race here's coming up, but I'm sure as hell happy that he's opening the series to go up against Tyler Glasnow tomorrow because Glasnow has been off to an unreal start too. So if you're a betting man, bet the under on the over-under tomorrow because I don't think there's going to be many runs. Uh, But yeah, I mean, injuries aside... I, I really think they should have won Saturday night's game like if Tommy Malone of all people if he told me Tommy Malone was going to start a game within the first two weeks of the season I'd be like what the fuck happened like he's <laughs> been a find and he was really really good and he was a good again last night in relief after Trent Thornton came out so I think they should have won Saturday's game, and you know what? you got to tip your cap to a good pitcher and Brady Singer to shutting down an offense like that. So I'm not as upset when I look back at Sunday. They should have won both games on Saturday, and that's what was upsetting, them losing uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, we were
2: well yeah. all
3: about
1: the series split, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Came up one short.
0: Adam, go right ahead.
3: Yeah, I- I don't want to harp too much on the negatives because I understand the Kansas City uh, series was very frustrating. I was very frustrated by that because, uh, Chris, you're right. We should be beating teams like this, even though I do give the Royals a lot of credit and they are up and coming. Um, I think they're in a similar position and maybe not parallel, but they're close to how the Blue Jays are positioned, like the Royals are going to be good for quite some time. And I don't see them conquering the division this year, but they can certainly challenge for it in years to come. Um, but then again, the White Sox are probably going to be pretty good too. But regardless, it's, it's one of those situations where the narrative has been flipped, right? And how often in the off season did we talk about pitching? How often did in the off season, were we concerned with pitching? Pitching is going to be the, the <laughs> bane of this team. And now it's, it's kind of like, it's not that bad, You know, th- things could be better. I, I want to give Robbie Ray a lot of credit, but it certainly wasn't his best outing either, even though he did get out of a couple jams. Matt's looked great. Uh, Kay, I, I, my expectations weren't super high, but it was obviously higher than it would have been if it was Roark, who did pitch okay coming out <laughs> yeah. in relief. Um, we're in a tough situation. It, it, with the pitching being sort of hanging on its threads, it is performing quite well, better than I anticipated. If you would have told me the litany of injuries that we've experienced with this team on the pitching end, I thought I would assume at this point we're screwed. But they've been holding their own. It's the offense that, you know, when you look at this team, when you look at the players on this team that should be hitting consistently, and I'm not talking, you know, home runs or anything, just getting on base. If you were to tell me that Guriel, Gurriel, Biggio, are having these, <laughs> these slumps, bad hard slums i would have been thinking okay at least we have these other players to pick it up but it's not really happening so on as the show goes on but that is more concerning to me than anything um there's a sense of relief that the pitching is holding up and we're doing okay there but there is a legitimate sense of urgency that uh, the offense I don't like relying on players coming back to make an offense click. I don't, I don't like that. That doesn't sit well with me, similar to you, Chris, about the whole early narrative. It doesn't sit well. That's scapegoating. This team needs to hit, and I don't, I don't know how you fix this.
0: So on that note of fixing it, let's move on to the Red Sox series where the offense looked horrible in game one, and then we actually saw a sign of life. There's a fucking pulse, Jello, and it's just nice to see something refreshing on this. But to go back to that point, what we shouldn't be having to rely on Josh Placios being like the best offensive contribution to this lineup, just to make up for the fact yeah. that the guys that we should be getting the offense from coming back out there. I'll admit that he's looked okay, but he's still obviously young and raw. But <laughs> could be worse. So mm. game one, we lost. Two to four to the Red Sox. It was pretty close for the majority. And then we won six to three yesterday to close out the series for the Blue Jays to split the uh, series with the quote unquote reigning American League East, you know, first place people. So, which speaking of, anybody want to tell me where the hell that happened? (laughs) Uh, Very timely hitting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When did Christian Arroyo become one of the best hitters in baseball? <laughs> Guy was the number one draft pick. It's like, uh, was it a Baduda for the Tigers? Oh, Akil Badu. Yeah, Badu. that's it. <laughs> so you have all these guys that are all of a sudden stepping up their game, and Alex Verdugo even being one of the big hitters on that team, thanks to my fantasy team appreciating those points. But it was never in a million years expecting the Red Sox to be – Anywhere above us at any given point in the season, regardless of this slow start where the Blue Jays are now, what, 8 and 11? Is that what I thought I saw? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 8 and 10. 10. 8 and 10. So we're just under the 500 line, but was it encouraging for you guys to see the fact that we did play the Red Sox being such a good team that we held them collectively to seven runs in two games? For a pitching staff that is quote unquote not good, and one of those days was a bullpen day, and then the fact that the offense was able to sprinkle in enough to, in, um, you know, the game yesterday to be able to start trending up a little bit. Um, Adam, we'll go reverse on this. You want to pick that up?
3: Yeah. No, I was not in charge at all. No. Um, um I'm sorry. Uh, look, <laughs> I size? give credit. Yeah, <laughs> I give credit to Rodriguez in that first game um shout out to him for having to battle all the way back and he pitched a great game for the red sox um and that pains me to say because i fucking hate the red sox um (laughs) but are we really going to be proud of the blue jays beating up on garrett richards like is this something that we're going to say okay we're writing the ship we should be doing that right this is something that we just should be doing and that's what's happening um I, I like seeing the team hit, but there was a point in that game where it got a little bit too close, right? And the mental – yeah, look, th- what I noticed, and I, and I side-texted this to him, Craig, um, Bobochet I don't know, is a shortstop of this future for this team. I don't know that he's equipped to play shortstop. Kevin Biggio cannot play third base. Oh, my God, and, say it?
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I said
3: it. I'm sorry. He can't play third base. And I, I don't know that Simeon's that good at second. I think we have a real problem in the infield. And out of all the infield positions, somehow Vladdy's playing really well, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Compared like, to what he was pr- doing. It, it amazes me that Bo and Kavan are having difficulty reaching to Vlad at first. It, it's uh, The amount of balls that have been in the dirt to him is just outrageous. I, I had some serious concerns more from the win than I did from the loss. I don't know if that makes any sense.
1: No, I'm right there with you. I wasn't overly encouraged with that series either. And if you have a guy who's struggling with his command as much as Garrett Richards was, and you only walk away with, what was it, just one run after the first yeah. inning when you had two guys on base, um, I think just one was in scoring position. But still, with all that command issues, they only or Garrett, the, Garrett Richards shouldn't have escaped the third inning yesterday. And he managed to go five and actually settled down quite nicely in the third, fourth, and fifth so they failed to put the pressure on it and just make it an easy game to watch. Uh, and to that point, it, and it being a bullpen day, it just meant for much higher leverage situations for the bullpen, too. Now, shout out to the bullpen. They were incredible, and they've been incredible all year. Like, my goodness, a- Anthony Castro has been a hell of a fight. Yeah,
2: yes, he's Joel great. Joel Piamps.
1: I know Pyamps gave up the home run to Sal Perez on, on Saturday night that lost the game. But Piamps has been good, too. Not as impressive to me as Anthony Castro, but that's just you got to salute Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins for evaluating that kind of talent and picking them up off the waiver wire. Um, multiple they, times, I may ask. Multiple <laughs> times, yeah. Especially <laughs> Ka- Castro, to me right now, definitely has the inside track over, over Pi Amps to stick around once this bullpen gets a little healthier. Um, and, then I'll say it again. Tommy Malone was great again last night, and they need to ride him until the wheels fall off because, I mean, maybe he can do something similar to what Mark Burley did towards the end of his career, be 85 and just paint the corners and have a deadly changeup. But no, Adam, just going back to the offensive side of things, it wasn't encouraging. There's too many bats that aren't hitting, especially guys that you need to count on. If you have a lineup with Josh Palacios in there almost every single day, if you have a lineup with Danny Jansen in there almost every single day, mm-hmm. I know Kirk's looked better the last little while, and if you have a lineup with Rowdy Telez in there almost every single day, you need the other guys who you're supposed to be counting on season long to be hitting, and that is Simeon, who's done nothing outside of the four home runs. Luckily, he looked like he may start get going with the two hits last night. Um, Lourdes Gurriel just looks lost right now. I don't know what the hell's going on with him, and he's the one I'm pretty concerned about moving forward um and Kevin as well is looking lost at the plate too uh, it looked better last night being in the leadoff spot that seems where he's comfortable working uh, deep in the count but still there's too many guys not hitting that this team needs to count on to be a playoff team and it's just not happening right now I hope it changes soon this team is notorious for starting slow in April as long as they are around 500 maybe a game or two below next week at this time I'll be okay with that but that just means you got to turn it up every uh, so much more come May and April and June. Because, Chris, again, to your point, it is it is early, but at the same time it's not. The 2015 team had to go on some insane kind of run to just overtake the Yankees and the Red Sox. They barely lost after the trade deadline in 2015. Mm. And that's was only to get them to win the division. Imagine what that team could have done with the more consistent and better April and May. So, mm. yeah, it, it's time to turn it around offensively for sure.
3: Brandon, don't sleep on Baraki though. I know you've oh, mentioned everything. He's been amazing. He's been yes. amazing yeah, he right great. All last
0: night too. Been great. Yeah. Chris, run with it.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah, that that that's who I was going to talk about. Uh, I was super, super encouraged watching Baraki last night. I didn't get to see the game on – what are we on now? We're on Thursday now, so, so Tuesday. on Tuesday night. <laughs> Tuesday night, I didn't get to see that game. I was kind of half following along on Twitter, and it didn't look very encouraging. So after I was done a couple of training courses, I – Uh, opted to go to bed instead um (laughs) good choice (laughs) to be fair though like how long can we run out danny jansen um his approach isn't getting any better i said it last night when it got to three and oh or no it it was his first at bat when he he walked and uh they were garrett richards as wild as all hell and walked a batter to that inning as well. I'm like, if he even thinks about swinging before he throws two strikes, like somebody needs to give their head a shake. And speaking of who needs to give their head a shake, whoever told Kevin Biggio Biggio to start swinging on the first pitch,
3: oh, Oh, that person needs to do their job.
4: (laughs) You're literally taking all of his value, all of his value, and flushing it down the toilet. All of it.
0: His value I, is I, in being I, a patient I, I, hitter and waiting for the pitch to come to him instead
3: of... His eye. Yeah. Exactly. So it,
4: Being so aggressive is not story, his game. No, and long story short for me, I, I wasn't encouraged it, to to go up there and only score a handful of runs against Garrett Richards when he was that wild. And, and the few hits that they did scrape together, like Vladdy jumped on the first pitch and screamed it to left center field. That was great. Um, but that's what you're expecting out of him right now. You're you're looking for those bad pitches. And he, he was clearly scuffling at that point. And just wanted to throw something over the plate after hitting Bo. So that's what you need out of him. Um, but they need to be more patient as a team. Um, I don't know if this whole rhetoric of swinging on the first pitch is starting to go to everybody or not. I, I don't want to say that there's too many strikeouts. Everybody's striking out an insane amount. But like collectively as a team they just they got to put the bat on the ball more though and and at least give themselves a chance
0: yeah so just to put some of that in perspective because i agree 10 billion times over that the blue jays offense is still that game yesterday relied on the fact that garrett richards blocked six guys and hit a batter Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there was too many things that were going in. The Red Sox at that point were more or less giving the Blue Jays every chance to fail. And I meant to look this up a minute ago but how many they left on base during the game was 11. (laughs) So regardless of that, you left 11 runners on base and uh, went 4 for 15 with runners in score position. So I looked up a couple of other things that I'm not shocked by. But the one that I thought was kind of crazy is the Blue Jays still have a plus 10 run differential in the midst of all this lack of offense. So there's some good things going on, and that's literal full-on statistical proof that the pitching staff has been doing well with this, I'm going to say, hub <laughs>
4: there's There's, there's no only way that... a handful of teams in the AL with a positive run differential right now, too. Yeah. There's only five other teams, maybe, if that. Yep,
0: exactly right, five. And yeah. the biggest one is the uh, Boston Red Sox. 27. Mm-hmm. We have a plus 10, and we're in third place at an eight and ten eight eight ten record. Um, but to pull out the offense out of that conversation even further, the Blue Jays are one of the lowest team, or yeah, one of the lowest teams that they're in the middle of. They're laying on the left on base percentage right now. So the guys that they're leaving on are not coming in, and then they are also apparently only averaging four runs a game, which puts us pretty much in the basement of that category. It's pretty rough. Yeah. The teams that are below us are the teams that you would expect to be in that conversation, except for the New York Mets and the Yankees are apparently in the middle of that crap. <laughs> but those are two teams that have been, well, not the Yankees right now because they can't pitch their way out of a brown paper bag, but the Mets have been winning and because of their pitching. <laughs> yeah. So that makes some sense. So, I just saw those things, and I thought that was kind of crazy and completely points the uh, center of the problem to the offense like we're talking about here. It's not just us saying this. There's literally full-on math proof of it. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. what does the Blue Jays need to do? And this is the injury conversation, so I'm going to use this as my segue points (laughs) and be able to move into this conversation. Right now, the Blue Jays' biggest glaring issues are the fact that they have a touch on the injury list, and it is some of our biggest names. Some are for do it very 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 odd reasons. Some are for is- illness. One of our best hitters, in Teoscar Hernandez, isn't expected back until like this coming week. The um, you know, obviously George Springer. The rumor is guys that he might play tomorrow night or over the weekend. She, he will what... not play tomorrow night. Now they, they have Interest said that officially. Squad. Now, okay. Interest yeah. squad game. Okay, that's fine. Well, he see how he back. reacts to that. Yeah. So you would think that puts him on point for either Sunday or Monday at that point because they're going to give him a day rest after doing something like that to see how he bounces back and next they'll probably keep (laughs) they'll
4: they'll keep him at a tropicana
0: oh i would think that would be be a good way to do that too but then again that is also taking it to your rival too so there is that um but then also we just added thomas hatch to the now 60 day dl and it puts his eta back in june Ross Stripling is going to be allegedly coming back in the next week, along with Tyler Chatwood. So those are some reinforcements. Um, Julian Merriweather is also going to be out to May, and they're still projecting Nate Pearson to be out till May. And I think they also said TJ Zoik is basically on the shelf until May now as well. Mm-hmm. So that is a cl- That's honestly, guys, that's not a bad team sitting on our aisle. <laughs> if you really break, break it down. So, is there anything, those couple guys that are coming back in, Tay Oscar, Springer, Chatwood, and Ross Stripling in the next week or so? Is that giving you any boat of confidence to be able to help, help take it to the Rays and company that are coming in the next couple weeks?
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me no, how you really I'm feel sorry. about it. <laughs> I, I mean, Not like, yet. We can, let's talk about the less uh, serious of the injuries and or the shelving, and that's Tay Oscar, right? And that's no disrespect to COVID or anything. It's just the facts right right Mm -hmm.
0: um yeah he's out for illness not due to the fact that something is obviously hurt hurt
3: yeah so it's not structural right so he's going to take a while to get back i I would assume right i I don't know what you're allowed to do during the covid protocols and the layoff i'd imagine it's nothing um unless you're doing stuff on your own he Um, was hitting
4: off a tee in his backyard
3: there you go right and (laughs) I mean, that's good for your timing, I guess, but it's 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 not in game action. Right. So it's going to take a while for him to catch up to speed. So if he's immediately back against the Rays, I I almost look at him as a non-factor in that series, maybe against Washington. And then Atlanta, I think, is after that. Mm -hmm. Atlanta is going to be rough Um, when it comes to Springer. I look knock on desk that we'll see him sooner rather than later. Excuse me. I don't think we're going to see him until May. I'm still sticking by that. I think they're going to handle him with kid gloves, and I still think they're going to wait until they go on that West Coast swing. Um, but I've been wrong before many times. Um, uh, when it comes to Hatch, right? Not uh, Hatch is, wait a minute. Who's on the sixty-day DL? Hatch, uh, Hatch, IL. I 60. Hatch. Hatch. All right. So I, I'm predicting Tommy John for that. It's just, if you're telling me he's got a um, an elbow injury, he's going on a sixty-day IL. He's getting Tommy John. So I'm not expecting him back at all. Um, Merriweather, what is the, a, is it the hit? He was an in oblique injury, and they're expecting him oblique. to uh,
0: May twentieth. Yeah, so that's, that's the projection is right now.
3: Ugh. Oblique with pitching, that's rough. Um, yeah. but it's still May twentieth, that's fu- pretty far out. Um, and Romano's supposed to be back sooner rather than later, right? That be and that's yeah. kind of why I left
0: him out of that conversation. Yeah. He's
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> back. So I mean, it, when you. Figure in all these people that are going to come back incrementally. I I do think June is going to be that sweet spot for the Blue Jays, and maybe that's when we're going to see them sort of come to life if everything goes well. Um, But in the meantime, um, I know we're going to talk about it soon, but don't hedge your bets in Tropicana. Just don't.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. This is a roll of the dice at best at Trop.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Chris
0: or Brendan, you want to run with the injury thing or anything to add? Adam pretty much knocked that that
4: one out of the ballpark. Yeah, if yeah, Chatwood's supposed to be back tomorrow, so that's that's okay. I think that gives a little bit more comfortability in the bullpen, which will be nice, um, rather than seeing the same familiar faces being run out there and kind of hanging on the edge of your seat. Um, I, I'm right with Adam on, on Hatch. I as soon as he went down in spring training, I was like, "That's bad." Uh, it was really bad, it, and they're doing the same thing that they did with Giles, where mm-hmm. they kind of pussyfooted around the situation yeah. and waited and waited and waited and now, like, Hatch is going to miss two years now, because yeah. they didn't just get it over with in March right, and yeah. that really irks me, to be honest because, like, if there was even a slight chance, go get him checked out, get it dealt with miss a year, come back even halfway through next year um and you're at least at, uh, uh, an arm for the back end of the bullpen or something yeah, or you're into throw a couple of stars together for us mm-hmm. uh, for a push or who knows what's going to happen next year as well, to be honest. But um, judging by the way, MLB and the players association work. It's probably not going to be a lot. Um, you know, what? Springer's also, or Stripling's also day to day. Say what you want about him, but that's another arm that's, he can give us innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they may not be fantastic and They may not be great but they're better than Tanner Rourke Going out there are they better <laughs> yeah. than Anthony K. I don't know if he's better than Anthony K. To be honest but it, He's an established arm that's going to give you innings uh, Springer I don't know I, I think we'll see him before May And it, it'll be Really really telling what happens This series If the boys hit and say we go in And we sweep Like just finally okay, get you're, off the you're, Schneid it, and run it, with it. It, it. It's okay. Then, then we don't need him back. I think. Who do we play, Washington? Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. Then I think I think you leave him you leave him out of the Washington series as well, and then you bring him in for Atlanta. Um, if the boys don't hit this weekend, Springer's playing. Yeah. Springer's coming back and he's playing.
2: The biggest catch you on need, that whole thing with
4: Washington him. is that's actually a home in Dunedin too, so yep. he's there right now. So. That's a nice little perk. I'm going to take it. It's not, it's not far for him to go from Dunedin to Tampa, though, as well, if you really no. need it. But to play in
0: the shithole. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to play in that shit hole. <laughs> Just like I apparently the Yankees don't want to play in Buffalo, but fuck them.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh- I might take Springer a step further and say if he reacts well to his intra-squad game tomorrow, he's back on Saturday because, look, I don't think they're going to hit Glasnell very well tomorrow. And I just think out of abundance of pressure to start getting going for a team that had high expectations and a fan base that's getting anxious and tweeting every single night, yes. we need him back, we need him back. <laughs> I have a feeling that he could be back on Saturday. But again, maybe if they win on Friday, maybe they're just like, you know what? Let's just wait until we're actually back in Dunedin and we'll activate him for Washington. Um, I just want to be optimistic, man. I just want to see the guy play uh, (laughs) at some point. So um, I'm going to say Saturday for him. And you know what? The bullpen injuries, you know what? Take your time because the bullpen has been fine. That's been the strong suit of this team so far. Mm -hmm. I know that Chatwood coming back, who has started off really, really well. I don't know. I, I, you may. Have, I don't even remember him walking a guy. I'm sure he's walked one or two, but like his command's been really good. And Romano coming back is obviously huge. And then you could go back to five guys deep at the back end of your bullpen with Phelps, DeLeese, and Baruchi, with Chatwood uh, and Romano. But Ka- again, Castro's been fine. Piamps has been fine. Um, it's the rotation that I would like to see just one more arm back right now. They're very, very lucky that the schedule's gone out this way this week and next week, where they can go down to four guys, have your three best arms going this weekend and then figure it out on the fourth day and then start the cycle over again and go back to Ryu, Ray, and Mats, And then that gives you the best shot to win some close games while the offense gets healthier. The only thing I'll add on Teoscar Hernandez is, yes, they also need him back really badly. If he can come back on Saturday, good, get him going, get him some at-bats. But are we all forgetting that he struck out in almost half of his at-bats? before? Mm -hmm. The timing was really really off for him. Really off. He was brutal before he got COVID. And – We've seen it in sports this past year. If an athlete's got COVID, they never necessarily bounce back very well. I'm thinking Cam Newton. Freddie Freeman won an MVP award. (laughs) Uh, Cam Newton got COVID and he came back, and the Patriots' season was derailed. I don't know if you watch soccer, but Newcastle, their best player, Alan St. Maxman, got COVID and he hasn't been the same player all year. So Miami went to the
4: playoffs last year, and their whole team—that's true.
3: They were the worst.
4: <laughs> One like literally had a COVID, and look what he did last year. <laughs> but still,
1: I mean, there's cases. I mean, I just don't want to hedge my bets that is kind of come back and magically figure it out because the combination of COVID and the fact that he looked dreadful and struck out in almost half of his at bats. Just like, man, maybe we got to lower our expectations for how soon you could get back up to speed uh, on that. The so
0: question for the gang then, based on your fun here. Is he at least better, is having Teoscar Hernandez, even in in like the the state that you were alluding to with the COVID fund, right? And um, is he still better at bats than some of the other guys that we've been trucking through our DH spot? Yes. Yep. So that's where I think it's going to end
4: up. You have a little fear factor with him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: he He can go boom, boom. Yeah, in the midst of that, so at least if you're putting him in the DH spot, and honestly, I think that's a nice way to ease him in, especially from some of the things I've heard about after the facts of COVID. One of the guys I worked with that had COVID, he had a cough for like two months afterwards, and they're like, "Oh, that's just called the COVID cough. You'll get over it eventually. It just magically vanishes one day. You know, (laughs) it's just how it works, apparently." But if he has any of that kind of lingering nonsense going on. Okay, if you, it's a lot different to be DHing and running only the bases and then sitting than to run around the whole outfield and then worry about having to hit at the same time. It's a nice way to at least get his lumber into the bat and with the I would say barely sub Mendoza line that we're getting from our DH spot right now with nobody being able to hit.
4: It's got to be worth it, right? See, the issue with that is you're going to want to get Springer DH bat- at bats as well. Yeah. But those are the days, the the random days.
0: And I can see the wheels turning, Mr. Corsair. Just come on. I feel a rant coming.
3: (laughs) No, no, it's not a rant. It's just I I think I was going to bring up the DH point because I don't know how you're going to settle out this lineup, right? There's so much logjam, and it, it makes me wonder why nothing was done to sort of trim the fat earlier. Right, and I understand depth is a good thing. We're seeing it with the outfield. Like, say we we've been ragging on Greychuck all offseason. He's been serviceable. It's been pretty good. I, I mean, it, if he wasn't on this team and we had you know Jonathan Davis full time, we probably <laughs> yeah we probably wouldn't even have eight wins at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, I just don't know how you're going to sort this out, right? I, I don't I don't know if you're going to take you know arms out of the pen to make room. For these guys on the roster, I don't, I don't see that happening, right? You, you, can't take away guys like Thornton. You can't take away at this point with the lack of starting pitching. You can't take K away. You, you just, you can't substitute from a bullpen that's working. Someone's gonna get sent down,
0: or and, even DFA'd.
3: Yeah, you, you have Rolark. to. Rollark. <laughs> well, there's only that. so many Yeah. <laughs> but like with with the contract, I just don't know that they're comfortable doing that. To me, the person right now that needs to go down, and I don't care what this does for his confidence, I don't, I do not care. Danny Jansen has to get sent down. He has to, right? When you think of, remember Tay Teoscar Tay Oscar, when he was on this, uh, when he got when we traded for him, we sent him right to AAA, right? Didn't he go right to Buffalo after the trade mm-hmm. from Houston? And he's commented on that and saying that was a really humbling moment and they sort of, you know, tweaked his approach and, you know, made him a better hitter. Something like that, a reality call to Danny Jansen has to be done. And I know that means probably Reese is going to have to come up or they're going to, you know, fiddle around with the catching situation. But Danny Jansen is a liability right now. I do not care about the defense. I'm sorry. Like, I know that might be like, you know, hard to hear from people that are defensive truthers because he's been pretty good. But. I need hits. You can't really win with defense. You need to produce. And if the remainder of the lineup isn't producing, then I'm sorry. Uh, you're, you're, process of elimination. You are statistically the worst hitter on this team. And yeah. it, it, he's got to go at this point. And I'm not saying trade him. I'm not saying get rid of him. No, you gotta but I think it's to the minors. Yeah, you, you have to try to write the ship with it you have
0: to so on that note do you throw seeing where we're going next on this whole thing is we're going to start talking position battles so i guess segue points for you mr corsair okay, <laughs> the uh we'll talk catching first and sure. uh we already just officially put Danny Jansen on blast here for possibly losing his job. Um, If he does get sent down, are you giving Alejandro Kirk the everyday job or are you going to try finding something else? Our minor league system does not have a readily available catcher outside of Alejandro Kirk. And I just happened to pull up, per this conversation, the quote-unquote leftover free agent catchers. The only Not two good. that are really good are Tyler Flowers and Matt Weeders and neither yeah, of no. those guys are really exciting me. When neither of them have ever worked with any of the pitchers on our current landscape at all. So, when was the last time Weeders actually caught? Ooh, I don't. That's know. That's actually a really good question. He quote unquote is basketball? a catcher. Nineteen,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably twenty nineteen. Yeah, then a yeah, pretty well, sure so he was with the Nats,
0: right? Yeah, that's only that's about, about what I even remember so
3: yeah i don't I, I when it comes to catching you would have to by default give it to kirk because you can't i think you just bring someone up from the system and just give them a go because you can't expect so unless you're signing some sort of veteran right unless you're bringing in someone that can easily transition with the starting pitchers that we have because you know outside of ryu and i i know ray really likes throwing to to kirk i, I the remainder of the roster maybe be mats but the remainder of the the pitching staff that you're putting in there probably have the voice to have a preference you take what you can get um and i don't know that ryu would necessarily have a problem throwing to kirk anyway so it, it yeah at this point you you have to just do what it takes to, to you owe it to Jansen as someone that you brought up and groomed in this organization to give him another shot. Right. But right now he's become a liability. That's just the bottom line. He's, he's just not, I just, I have my serious doubts that he's a, he's a legitimate fide starting catcher at all, at all. He might just be a backup catcher for the rest of his career, which is fine, but he's not a starting catcher in this system or in the MLB today. He's just not.
0: Yeah. Chris, I can see you seeing, so, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, so so,
4: Wieners did catch 18 games last year. And oh, all right. Okay, okay so he four. has been catching.
0: And in all reality, yes. whatever happens, he would probably be in a 50-50 or a backup role to
4: Kirk would be the reality, being the guy that knows I don't, staff, I don't right? even think that. I don't even think that. If you bring one of those guys up here, you're playing him as a regular backup catcher. Yep. And he's catching maybe once, twice yeah. a week yep. tops. Yep. Um Danny Jansen is a huge liability right now. Um striking out a ton. He's getting he's making when he does make contact, other than last night, he hit a couple of ropes last night. Uh right at guys, unfortunately. But like his approach is so bad right now. He's turning in it, Wes is gonna love me for saying this. He's turning into JP. Oh, no. My, my, minus, he, minus, he can, minus he can catch the ball. I can yeah, hear Greg Zahn calling you out on that <laughs> right now. The thing that Jason has up on, on, on JP is he can catch the ball. I'm hey, sorry not to a that yeah. Yeah. JP should I'm have been a first sure base in his career. It car. is. <laughs> um, and, and for them to take that long to take Semi and out of the leadoff spot, like for the masterminds of never having the same lineup, every single night right why was Semien leading off that much (laughs) he's clearly struggling and like granted nobody else is hitting and like who's your next viable option unless you unless you like move Bo and Vlad up which I don't want any part of uh your next viable option to lead off is I don't know Randall Gretchik Probably yeah. not a great option either. And in this landscape,
0: you're not going to move Boba out of the second or third spot with what's going
4: on. So, got to no, have some they, ducks
0: on the pond.
4: <laughs> this team collectively just—they need something. They—they they need. Do they need George Springer to come back and light a little fire under them? Um, maybe that's it, and maybe it's having Hernandez back. Maybe it's having somebody to protect these guys in the lineup just a little bit more. Um, maybe maybe you wedge Rowdy in between uh, Vlad and Teoscar, uh, so maybe they give it, they, they recognize that he's struggling, and maybe they give him a pitch to hit because they don't want to deal with uh, Teoscar behind him. And then you roll out Semien behind him, and you got Thunder behind him. Um, but as of right now, the the bottom three or four guys in our lineup, they're all easy outs for pitchers. So why not just go straight after an attack? Yeah. So. Yeah. Going to the catcher conversation,
0: if we don't pick up anybody and we send Danny Jansen down, somebody's got to come up and be a backup catcher. I'm going to ask the question, fellas, is Riley Adams or a Gabrielle Moreno really any worse than what we're dealing with right now with the catching position if we yep. had to bring up another catcher? Yep. They did the same thing with Kirk last year. I mean, <laughs> Riley Adams well. had a pretty sneaky spring. He didn't get into many games where he would have faced quote-unquote major league players. But he was definitely hitting bats against guys that are fringe or quadruple A batter or pitchers. So he's seeing some quality ish pitching in the spring and honestly guys I was always very the one thing I always thought I was I liked about Riley Adams was the fact that he actually looks like a catcher and I think he actually will carry that position yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) there is that (laughs) so but I thought he wouldn't be a salvable person and right now in this landscape of where what would be the worst thing for even his development to get a taste of this whole thing while you give Danny Jansen a chance to really take that step back impossibly retool. this is a guy that we saw bat 300 for two straight seasons in the minor leagues all of a sudden just can't even hit water if he fell out of a boat and regardless of the couple ropes he's had and how many times i've heard pat and buck say oh maybe that's the start of it that's that's been going on for over 70 games now <laughs> so it's getting a little rough and as everybody knows to our fans of this show the three of us and I'm sure even Chris, we've been big supporters of Danny Jansen. If we're starting to get off of this ship, it's it's getting bad, and we want to win some ball games. And right now, he is the glaring uh, issue.
1: Anybody want to wrap anything well, on that before I yeah, move on to one, the next position? One
4: of the glaring issues.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'll I'll take that because um, before I send him down, give Kirk everybody except for Ryu because Ryu and Jansen work extremely well together just like Ray and Kirk do but let Alejandro Kirk Kirk, uh, catch the rest Um, it's like flipping the script for right now yeah exactly and let Jansen sit on the pine for a little while um, come in get his at-bats a couple times a week um, and maybe he stings a few and gets a little bit of confidence back. And maybe that lights a fire under his butt. But I'm I'm tired of saying that now for Danny Jansen. Even being a huge supporter of him, it, it's beyond like it, the sample size is way too big now uh, to the fact that he hasn't hit the big league level. Um, so, but yeah, I would do that before I send him down for sure. Make him the actual backup catcher. And I don't know about you guys, but a few people tweeted about this on Tuesday. When I I so look, I understand that you don't want to lose a DH in case it comes back up, but. There was a it, the DH spot didn't come back up on Tuesday night when they decided to pinch hit um rowdy with Kirk and take Kirk out of the game. To me, that was a sign that I know Kirk was struggling. To me, it's like, do you not believe in Kirk's bat either right now? And like, come on, so I don't know what's going on there, but I would trot Kirk out as the everyday guy outside of Ryu starts at this point just to switch it up. Kirk's at-bats have looked a lot better over the last week or so. That hit that he got last night um, looked really good. Um, so get him in there as much as you can. See if he can light a spark offensively. The way things are going right now, I think it was Isaac on Twitter, IB underscore gaming or whatever his handle is, put a little graphic out there in terms of production from the catcher spot and all the major leagues and the Blue Jays are in the bottom left-hand corner of this graph. And it's and probably the the reasonably far right in that relative They're court. Very far. And the best teams are on the top right side of that that are going to probably make the playoffs. So you need a good catcher and a catcher that can at least be competent with the bat. And the Blue Jays don't have that right now, but they might with Kirk. And they gotta they gotta explore that at this point. Yeah. Kirk is definitely obviously
0: upsided on his bat side, and I think he is a We've seen it throughout his my career. Defensively, he is good enough back there. It's not going to be a liability or cause issues. And honestly, for everybody, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but everybody that does throw to him enjoys it. It's not like they're like, oh, he's like Gary Sanchez and doesn't know what the hell he's doing back there. And he's going he's like this with his glove. Like <laughs> yeah. It was a thick target. There's difference. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All hail King Kirk. <laughs> so... Let's um, move around the infield a little bit, guys, here. I unfortunately don't want to Adam Corsair's man crush Monday under the bus, but uh, <laughs> he kind of did that for me earlier in the show, so I'm kind of just going to move along with it. <laughs> do we really see Kevin Biggio as being a third baseman of this team going forward, and if you do that, who do you put at third to move this around, or is this the conversation that we have to have collectively with Bo Biggio and Simeon and how that literally is going to be a hapodge like crazy shuffling over the next, hopefully, few weeks here. Something's got to get in that equation.
3: What do you mean by uh, the future? I mean, for this season?
0: I, uh, Yeah, I'll say now. <laughs> I, okay. I shouldn't have um, said future. <laughs> no, no, no that, that's fine. Because future, uh, we all have been talking many a times that that is probably really rightfully Jordan Groshen spot going yes, forward. Yes.
3: Yeah. The future third baseman of this team is not on the current roster. Right now, um, I, I think Kevin is dealing with a hodgepodge of, uh, of just shit, right? And this is a player that should be excelling and settle, uh, steadily increasing his production um, just based on talent alone. And I think the, the I know he's viewed as sort of a utility player, which is great. And that is his job to play multiple positions. But I think I just think third base is just completely out of his realm right now. It's not in his wheelhouse. Problem is you don't really have many good options unless you put Vlad there. Um, if you want to go back to that and have Vlad play third and give Rowdy some time back at first base, that's fine. But then where are you putting Cavan? Because Simeon's not playing, not going to not play second, right? And Bo's not going to not play short at least for this season. So Cavan's one of those odd men out. I feel uncomfortable with that because he's my boy and I don't want him really anywhere. But if he's going to play this utility role, maybe just having him kind of ride the bench will do him well. I just I don't see how that's going to do him any favors because in order to get out of a rut, you have to play out of a rut. So right now, I just think the best bet is for him to continue to play third base and hopefully knock on desk. He figures it out. I just don't know that that's going to happen. And I, I feel for him because he is – I love him. I think he's going to be an outstanding player, and I hope it's with the Blue Jays. But right now I just think they're killing his value. And it's not because they're they're doing it on purpose, obviously. It's just I just don't think they have any better options.
0: How much of this do you think is his, off, his offensive issues translating into his third base? Because there was a couple of weeks ago, guys, that on this show, literally, we were talking about – Wow, he actually doesn't look bad. The arm is carrying over at third base. This has literally been a two-week flip. (laughs) That do you think it's bleeding into his defense? I think it's the opposite. Defense is bleeding into the offense. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Either way, Mm -hmm. fixing it for you is just keep playing through it. You have to. Yeah. Right Mm -hmm. now, I don't know how many other options you have other than the like what we were talking about with Vlad being the obvious clear choice. I think at third base because other the other options are putting like Joe Panic over there. Right. That doesn't help with
4: anything. Flag going, flag going to third is not an option for this team. There you go. No, no, right. I mean, it, that's it, it's bad not. Idea. It's not an option for the, for this team. You can't. You can't put him into a position where he's failed before, and put that in the back of his mind. It, it, chances he's are, it's probably hitting. not going to be. In, he, he's finally hitting. You don't. The last thing you want to do is mess with anything in that guy's routine. You play first base, and you're going to get your DH days, and. You hit the ball. You you yeah. hit the ball. You yeah. just worry about what you're doing. We're not gonna mess with you because it, it, it's. Come imagine where we be if Vlad wasn't hitting?
2: Yeah. Oh <laughs> my
0: God. Do we even have a win without Vlad hitting like he's been hitting?
4: Might it have might be arguable. <laughs> Probably both against. Nick and that's it.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I Vlad moving to third isn't an option. You have to leave Cavan there, and unfortunately you have to you, you have to live with the struggles and yeah. he'll write the ship he's yeah. he's a good enough player and has a good enough head on his shoulder he, he'll write the ship you just you got to be patient you gotta be patient maybe maybe you get somebody other than louis Rivera um to come in and, and work a little on third base with him maybe he he needs a different voice uh in his ear to uh to kind of settle that down and and get him in a better spot it's okay he hasn't been attack <laughs> he hasn't been attacking the ball um in the field and, and the one time that he did yesterday, and I don't really fault fault because he just didn't it, the one error where he, he uh he grounded it, uh he he kinda just bobbled the ball a little yeah, bit. It didn't have a it, good on it.
0: It almost looked like he tried to but, throw but, an Andy Pettit like palm ball to first yeah, base. It got it, way down in here in his hand. Yeah, it's kinda hard to throw a baseball when it's like this. <laughs> I,
2: don't,
4: I, I don't really fault him for that too much. Um, because I liked what I saw out of that. He was attacking the ball, going to get it, trying to cut that throw shorter. We all know the, the arm strength struggles that he's been having, so to cut that ball off and, and try to make that throw shorter, I think that's what you want to see out of him. I don't necessarily know if I want to see him doing the too low approach and throwing on the run so much. Yes, yes. That's what Bo's doing right now. And, and <laughs> yep. Bo's been doing as well. They, they, need, they need to stay back, and they need to trust their arm and they need need to get a good footing and unload the ball.
0: Yeah. So do I want to give Brendan segue points now? Because he just alluded to the
1: next position we're going to chit-chat about. Hold on,
3: Brendan. Did you want to say anything about Kevin, Brendan?
1: (laughs) No, no, I mean, the only thing I was going to say is I think that um, them not uh, making a defensive sub for Panic uh, last night was a sign that they're willing to ride it out with Biggio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very valid point. So, anyway, Mr. Panikar,
0: I'll let you pick off the fact that we're going to talk Boba Shut. Has the foundation of him being the shortstop of the Toronto Blue Jays, period, been shaken for you in the last few weeks? Or is this just a blip on the radar of some of the defensive issues that we've been
1: seeing kind of, it seems like a little regularly ish over the last week, week and a half? Um, oh, yeah. What say ye? It's in question for sure um, whether shortstop's his position moving forward or not. Um, I mean, we saw this last year. We saw this in the play, uh, one of the playoff games against the Rays last year. Just boneheaded plays where he's just either not attacking the ball, just not gr- getting in his glove properly, whatever it is. So it's definitely in question uh, whether he's a shortstop long-term or not. Uh, where he plays, I mean, maybe second. I've seen people suggest that. Um, and look, clearly if the organization went to him and said, what are your thoughts on Francisco Lindor a couple off there seasons ago, then they're maybe thinking the same kind of thing uh, where they're like, yeah, I think you might be better suited for second base. Um, there are shortstops in the system. I know Warmoth had himself a good spring. Uh, Kevin Smith is still down there. There's nobody as of right now that would make me be like, yeah, you got to move him off. Um, correct me if, Austin Martin yep. primarily played third base, right? Or he plays a lot of shortstop, played too. a lot of short, he, too. He yes. Played, yeah, yeah, he played both. So maybe it's Austin Martin that they're like, okay, you go play short, and Bo, you go play second, and Jordan Groschenz, you play third, and then you got the makings of a nice-looking infield, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, the, it, it, Bo's got to get going. He's frustrating me defensively, but offensively, he's also been very much a savior. I mean, Vlad... Those have been the two most consistent guys probably since the the Yankees series. Uh, A lot of Gritchick's start was from the Yankees and a little bit of the Rangers series, too. But ever since that first week, it's been pretty much primarily Bo and Vlad that's been leading the offense. So I uh, won't take that away from Bo. But, yeah, his defense is driving me insane. (laughs) Adam, you want to run with
3: it? Yeah, I just don't know that he's a a shortstop, period. And that says nothing about his ability to... um, as a major league baseball player, I think he belongs on this team. He's clearly hitting like he he belongs on this team. Um, I I just don't know that that's his position. And I know he's, he's battling for it. It reminds me uh, a little bit of when JP, when uh, R.A. Dickey came, he's like, all right, I'm going to catch for him. And he just couldn't, like, he was just so adamant about catching Ferrari Dickey, and he just couldn't do it.
0: I think Ferrari um, Dickey threw a Dodge Neon at JP. Yeah, wouldn't have made, still been able to get caught. Yeah, <laughs>
3: he's like, I'm, I'm totally gonna work in this off with him. Whatever. Um, I admire the fact that right now he's the best option. Maybe if Sime, I don't know. Like Simeon doesn't. Didn't he have a pretty good year with Oakland at short? I mean. What's he looked like a defensive
0: switching? first short or a, d- a defensive shortstop. Period. And yeah. Very What's the harm of
3: switching him? What What is the harm?
0: Right now, I'd only be worried about breaking the offense if I switched him with Bo. Correct.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: With with uh with with Semyon right now, I honestly think that would help him. <clears throat> Because that's it. right now. It's the flip flop of him being on the wrong side of the infield. He's looked great defensively, but how much is that seeping into the fact that he's working more on his defense to maybe reason
4: we only see in the power really from his bat. Right, right. Yeah, I just. If yeah, if Semien, if Sevian was here for three or four years, then I would say yes. Um, the fact that he's here for one year, I, I don't really care what he thinks.
1: Yeah, yeah. it seems like him playing second was a bit of a was a bit of a condition to signing here, too. Yes.
0: yes. Yeah. My in my opinion, I think as much as I'm completely uh, like, um, like I said, I would say my best way of saying it is that my sh- my confidence in his defensive prowess at shortstop has been shaken over the last few weeks. And obviously the other points that Brendan pointed out in the last year in the playoffs and was not. But at that being said, I don't I think right now this season, the Blue Jays have to do or die with Boba Shett at shortstop. Just because of the, if you mm. you are messing with it, and God knows what else goes wrong in the midst of that. Right now, he can be a really good shortstop, I think. But it will be an off-season question, I think, to know about what his future is really going to be. Per what you said, Adam, with the fact that there is some, you know, good guys in the, you know, the cupboards to be able to pop in and play shortstop. How much did we pay
3: Simeon? Eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. Oof, that would look really good behind the plate right now. Ah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, should I even look up how good or bad JT Realmuto's doing? I don't have him on my fantasy team this year, so I have no idea. No, <laughs> I'm just stupid. <laughs> I have <laughs> learned gonna... over the years in fantasy right. baseball, you don't spend good picks on catchers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, I saw this tweet last night. I wonder if you guys agree with it. Does This team right now, when you look back to 2015, because I think expectations are as high as they were there, maybe even to start 2016. Does this team, especially defensively right now, kind of feel like the 2015 Blue Jays before the two-low trade with Jose Reyes constantly bobbling balls and the circus that was Chris Colabello uh, and Danny Valencia playing in left field? (laughs) It was just terrible. And I don't know who it's going to be. If this team wants to make a playoffs, they're going to have to add somebody to come and shore up the defense. I don't know if that's Chris Bryant. I don't know who I don't know who it is at this point, but maybe that's what it will take.
0: It very well could be exactly that. It really wouldn't shock me. And that might have been the reason to your point, Adam, earlier on why they keep the cupboard stocked with the guys that they have.
3: Go get Trevor Story. That'd be nice.
0: (laughs) That would be nice. I think you would be able to actually turn around and actually flip him to keep him, too. Yep. Go That'd That'd be really nice. He's looking for a place to win. That's all it is. Period, and if the Blue Jays are actually—that's the reason George Springer's here, and he's on that ridiculous
4: contract. So, would you? Uh, here's a question for you guys, just to interject for a second: sure, Would yeah. you rather? Would you rather them spend the money for trevor's Story? I don't know what it's going to take; probably north of two hundred and fifty million dollars to keep now him close here. Lindor. Yeah, exactly. And uh, who else is out there? Corey Seager's out there. Uh, there's somebody else there's out there, one more. there? There's remember. one more, or is it? If it came or down to just those more? two,
0: I'm throwing a brick of money at Corey Seager if I can get him away from the freaking Dodgers, but that's
2: maybe well, me. Here, <laughs> here's the thing, though.
4: I, you have all of these guys coming. Do you spend the money on Trevor Story or Corey Seager, or do you go out and get pitching? Because I feel better with what we have on the infield right now and what's humming rather than dumping that money there, I would much rather go and get some front-of-the-line pitching. Yeah. Whether it, You're never going to get Kershaw away, but like that's a pipe dream. But could you go throw a truckload of money there? Verlander's coming up. You don't know what he's going to look like, but for a one- or two-year deal, do you go throw the dump truck of money at him or Scherzer? Yeah. Especially yeah. when Scherzer's they're, still they're getting paid, paid by the they're Nationals getting for into old man <laughs> They're getting into old-man winter territory. But like, those are some big time arms that you could probably throw a boatload of money at and get them to come up here for one or two years and really make a difference and, and push this team that much further
3: ahead. Uh, Carlos Correa, I think you guys were thinking of. That's yeah. It. The That's, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> That's it. <Correa. sighs> Let's go around. Um, I like that question. Go around the table, Adam, kick it
3: yeah, off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we're talking about a, a, a top end shortstop, like in that tier. Of yeah. close to elite tier right that would be available we're thinking like a trevor story or maybe even a career um or starting tier. like tie, we're, a legitimate Impressive. bona fide ace yeah yeah i'm talking
4: so, kershaw verlander scherzer there's one or two others that are in that area as well for next year elite ace uh yeah
3: or yeah. so it's like a david price thing all over yeah. again uh yeah. you go for the pitching um Of course, you go over the (laughs) pitching. It's what wins games.
1: Yeah. Brendan? Yeah, I'm I'm with that too. I'm with the pitching side of things as well. Ask me in a few years once Manoa and SWR and others are here, and I'll probably say the opposite depending on what's going on with Bo. But as of right now, this current day, I'll take the starter because imagine pairing that with Ryu. And Adam, you said bona fide ace. Ryu's a bona fide ace. We have Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: So you had two. Like this is – Bo that's holiday burnett as level as if you get
4: something else on that <laughs> like yeah. like the, the, where i was getting with that is you're you're not losing as much um having bo playing shortstop and having trevor story there instead or having tommy Shire. malone make start for you and you <laughs> yeah have Max Scherzer yeah, yeah start for you yeah, that's where i'm going with that yes. yeah yeah
3: Bo isn't, it's not, an, it's not parallel to how Reyes was playing no, for the Jays, right? He, he's, he's playing Reyes better than that. Reyes war. <laughs> yes, yes. I guess I would be attracted to, to Story at this point because I, we also need the offense. right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just the defense with the, with the shortstop position. It's, it's the offensive production that would come yeah. out of that. But going into the playoffs, you obviously want to ride the pitching. So right. long-term, ob- well, looking at the long game, I want the pitching.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, I would be doing what you guys were saying—the starting pitching thing. Right now, that's where I would throw my money. Yeah. Right now, if it was an off-season move where I'm acquiring that talent, I would actually go the other direction, and that's because I have a lot of confidence in the Blue Jays minor league arms that are coming up. We haven't gotten a real chance to see what Nate Pearson has got, but if you know whatever the hell happens this year, he'll come back hopefully healthy. Next season. Yeah, we were just talking a few minutes ago that Thomas Hatch might be off the table, but we also have guys that people have forgotten about Eric Pardino in the midst of the conversation of adding SWR and um, Alec Manoa. I feel like they have five or six guys that could be ready to go in our starting rotation as early as next year. And what better way to completely bolster a young pitcher's confidence than giving him a fuck ton of run? (laughs) So if I was able to go out and grab a Corey Seager or a Correa or whoever it might be or whoever that top end, you know, offensive talent might be able to toss into what we know is only going to eventually become a ridiculous offense. I would lean in the direction that our pitching is in the more major league ready come next season, than hoping that Jordan Groshans is going to come all of a sudden and be, you know, the Ed Sprague that we had in 1994, 1995, or adding, you know, it could end up being a Russ Adams situation. I mean, that guy that jinxes it, but we have had so much more shit luck, developing talented infielders in this organization than we have had in pitchers. I would lean in the direction of that we will have hit on probably two or three of those pitchers out of those guys I was just alluding to quit easier than we would hit on the fact of trying to find some l- some lumber. Don't forget, we thought we had the best third baseman in baseball in 2003 and Eric Hinsky, just saying. <laughs> yeah. so, and then he fell off a cliff. We never saw him again. Except he I mean, got he to was, go see the, re- the post season Series. six times. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he won a World Series with the Rays. So, like I said, that, that, to me that's two different moves, right? One in season right now. If you could get a pitcher, yes, do it. Game on. But if you're talking long game, I think that's where the Blue Jays' future strengths are. So,
4: mm. anybody want to argue with me? No, no, no. <laughs> I would still almost say that f- to bridge the gap, because you're probably only going to get Verlander or Scherzer on a one or two year deal. Um, I would say having them to bridge that gap and lead those guys is also valuable.
3: Yes. And yeah, very much so, out. sir. Yeah, yeah. Points. Fuck it, get both. Game on. <laughs>
4: Brick. <Let's laughs> get oh, money get at it. 40 million each to come up here for a year? Are they going to say no? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Both. Game on. So, like, how my, How what kind of salary do we have for next year? Like, are you and Springer. That's, and that's it. It's that's that's all it. as official. Right. So, we, we could add those guys and still be at, what, $135 million probably for next year? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Dropped it way, anyway, right?
0: <laughs> so, I want to go around the table really quick because we're going to start running long here a bit. Right now, current Blue Jays landscape... I want each of you to pick one thing that you would think would help right the ship right now, whether it's tweak, a move, a hurry up and call out somebody on their offense or pitching, whatever it might be. Um, I'm going to let Chris, you're going to go first. And I'm going to th- put you on the hot seat here. What could the Blue Jays do over the next week for the quickest change in hopefully some fortunes?
4: I just told you Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Just, uh, <laughs> um, no, it, uh, for me, um, Kevin Biggio going back to Kevin Biggio so and is that putting him in the leadoff spot play, maybe play. like you were talking about earlier I don't mind him in the leadoff spot Um especially if, if Springer's not going to be there this weekend I don't mind that even a little bit Um and l- let him take pitches let him be himself tell him not to make the fancy play on the infield go back to fundamentals keep it simple stupid <laughs> that's engineering <laughs> it, principle number 1 but it always gets forgotten yeah, like, <laughs> and, and i think that's what it comes down to like he, he, i everything is in his head right now and he really just needs to go back to being what made Kevin Biggio good and that was playing good fundamental baseball and being smart on the field and being patient at the plate get rid of the swing at the first pitch garbage he's going to try he's going to struggle against Glasnow like he's re- he's really gonna struggle against Glass now. In that defense, yeah.
0: everybody's gonna probably struggle against Glass now. He's been looking pretty damn good so far this year.
4: <laughs> so. No, we're gonna
0: beat him up. No. We're
4: gonna beat him up. Okay, there you go. Be fine. I love it. Game on. Yeah, we're gonna beat him up. There's your Kevin's gonna probably Kevin's probably gonna struggle, um, <laughs> but we're gonna but, beat him. Up. <laughs> uh, but the rest of the team's gonna be okay. No, it, 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 if Bichio just goes back to being himself and, and not swinging and flailing at everything, I I think. That's a start to a catalyst for this offense, because I think the rest of the boys really lean on him. Yeah. It's a little bit of a slight, like a quiet igniter, right?
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> All right. Brian, what do you think? Best fix for the Blue Jays in the next week? I I need Lurtis to start hitting, man. Like, I mean, right now your top four. It, let's just use last night's, last night's lineup as an example. Um, I know they had Kevin leading off. Was he um, in the eighth spot? Yeah, Lurtis in the eighth spot. But like no matter where you have him in the lineup, with all these with all these people out, um, that's a bat that you got to count on. And we thought this outfield was going to be really damn good. And two of them haven't hit, and uh, one of them hasn't even played yet. It's mm-hmm. been the outfield we expected to count on, not the outfield we expected to be one of the better ones in baseball. Um, and Lourdes is supposed to be that other cornerstone of this team. When we talk about the three guys, which is Kevin, Bo, and Vlad a lot of people are very quick to mention Lordis's name as the fourth guy.
0: Yeah, like, don't forget um, so... about
1: me over here. Like Exactly. <laughs> don't forget about me. Um, so Lordis needs to get going. Um, he hasn't hit a homer yet. He hasn't made I, – I don't even remember him making too much hard contact. to be. I actually, I'm pretty sure Buck had last night – I don't even think he has an extra base hit yet. He doesn't. Lordis Gurriel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's inexcusable. He's supposed to be a cornerstone of this team, and he's under contract for, what, the next four or five years? Third and I want him to be here. I want him to be here. He's a good player. He's shown it. He showed it last year. He showed it in 2019 um, after he came back up. So he is going to be key. He he reminds me so much of his brother, to be honest, in the Houston lineup. When Yuli Gurriel's <laughs> going well, that Astros lineup That's just nuts. got ridiculously deep, and Lourdes could do the exact same thing in this lineup when everybody's healthy. So let's go. He's got to catch the ball, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Adam, what say you? Uh, it hit
3: fastballs, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm saying this half-kidding. Dante. Just bring up Dante. Bring Dante back. Let him be in the clubhouse. Let him tell these children how to play <laughs> and just his mere presence, and he just looks at Charlie Montoyo, and he – you know does the the captain whatever i'm um, i'm the captain now kind of yeah, thing <laughs> yeah there
0: is a He's, presence in that dugout when uh they i honestly think you're you're onto something there man mm-hmm. there's I'm a serious. different feeling mm-hmm. in that dugout when that dante's in he that was dugout hitting
3: ground balls to them like it was like a <laughs> little League coach hitting ground balls to the kids last year like, he was doing, and uh, look i'm not saying that in and of itself is going to solve anything i i'm saying this half in jest but i do think that sort of knowledge is valuable that sort of hands-on knowledge is valuable and i know that there's a fine line to be like i don't want to interfere with my son's you know career too much but at the same time this is a veteran player right this is someone that can i don't know he's got a presence to him and i i do think that sort of he's able to pinpoint errors and mishaps in players games and i do think he has the ability to sort of help course correct things so I, I know he's his title in the Blue Jays organization is sort of unofficial. I just think he's consultant or something. Um, get him up here and, you know, be the de facto manager, because it's just it's going to happen. We all he, know it's going <laughs> to happen. someday. It's just,
0: it's just, he don't. doesn't
3: have the best
0: title in, in, in baseball like John Schneider. Just saying. Major League what coach. Major League yeah. coach. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. What's your title? Oh, I'm just Major League coach. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, best yeah. title I've ever seen None for any coach.
1: And this isn't in baseball. Brad Childress, when he went from the Vikings to the Kansas City Chiefs, had the title of special projects coordinator. There
3: what you go. the fuck <laughs> is a special project in football, man? <laughs> he's, he's a coordinator. Does that mean yeah, he's yeah, like special teams? <laughs> <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, like I know we like to rag on Montoyo, but it, for me, it's clear that it's either going to be Dante being the next manager or it's going to be Russell Martin. Because he pretty much auditioned his last game with the Blue Jays as a de facto manager player. I'm a John Schneider fan. That,
4: that's really John big. Schneider through and through, and think it'll so? be sooner and it'll be sooner than later, especially if this team is on oh, wow. the okay. fucking bench. It'll be sooner than <laughs> later. Yeah, so, it'll I be sooner than Schneider. later, and, and I and I think this team is gonna kick themselves for giving Montoyo an extra year yeah. already. Oof, yeah, is that?
3: yeah.
4: Um. To, to, as a side note to your uh, Dante Bichette stuff, if you guys haven't listened to the Swinging a Bell podcast to bring a third podcast into this, um, there's an episode that Dan Shulman did last year uh, with Dante Bichette. Go listen to it. It's Is that good. Hitting Church. And yeah. It's so good. And that's why it's I, so honestly,
0: I keep wondering why, I, as, as much as Guillermo Martinez has helped some of the guys hit and did a good job for a young hitting instructor, right? It it just seems no contest to me. I don't know. I don't even almost don't care. It's like you know, Dante Bichette strikes me as more of a Paul Molitor in that dugout versus somebody that's okay. He was good at hitting, right? All right? So,
3: I think it has more to do with Bo. I'm being serious. It probably Maybe is. Like, yeah.
0: So, anyway. Um, I'll put my two cents into this conversation, and I can't say anything is a fix, but it needs to keep fucking happening. Steven Matz needs to keep acting like a goddamn ace, and this bullpen needs to continue to eat the fuck out of innings. Because... We actually had a chance to win that game with Ryu pitching the other night, and he was clearly off of his game. And that was thanks to the, you know, the ensemble that came in out of the bullpen and was able to put it all together. And honestly, the next guy I'm going to call out, I want Trent Thornton to continue to step up. He has been looking hmm. really good over yeah. the last week, and I think he could earn that job back in this rotation if these injuries continue, and he could be the guy that steps up and takes a good spot in that, because he has been looking really good. He got off to a pretty good start last yesterday, and honestly... I was pretty pissed they took him out after two innings. Why the hell? I thought he was going to get a third. I really thought mm-hmm. it was. It had to probably been something in that bullshit of the well, he's on an innings limit right now because he's working out of the bullpen. He's still building his arm. I don't give a crap. It's the same thing as Matt Shoemaker in the playoffs last year. Let the thing fucking ride, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, but anyway, boys, it's that fun, wonderful time that we close out the show with with picks to click. <laughs> so, last week we had in the guest spot. Steven Matz was picked by the fans. Mm. And, it's
3: going
0: to be tough to beat. Yep. Yeah. So that was a little rough. And then Brendan Panikar picked up Mr. Robbie Ray, who looked pretty damn good. So we're I'll, I'll give you an argument in there. We'll figure it out here like we usually do with our democratic process here on the show. <laughs> um, Mr. Corsair, I'm sorry to say, I don't think Rowdy Teles quite came through for it. No. And then I, because I was riding the first win I've literally gotten in a hole like since 2019, that I picked Vlad Jr. last week. So let's just bring it up here. And maybe we'll use our friend Chris K here before he makes his pick for our guest spot this week. <laughs> that um, out of those three gentlemen, Robbie Ray, Vladdy, or Steven Matz, who will we give into the trophy to this week as far as the quote unquote performer out of those clicks?
4: Uh, as much as I want to give it to the 2021 20, Cy Young winner, Robbie Ray, <laughs> uh, with Steven Matts in a close second, uh, I, you can't not give it to Guerrero. Yeah. You can't. Not, it, the offense is struggling so hard right now without him. I don't know where we would be. Yeah. There you go.
0: So, boys, just to put it in that perspective, if he's given me, and you all agree with this, that I actually just got my second point on this whole thing, not only is that the first two-streak I've ever had, as also the more wins than I had in the last, like, year. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Quick turnaround. In that case,
4: I'll change it.
3: What? What?
0: <laughs> oh, no. I was about to just, like, pick the mic up and, you know, drop that it. That being said,
3: Rowdy Tilez has been looking fantastic like <laughs>
0: If we were hanging out the goat of the week, meaning, like, the yes. actual goat, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> not the greatest of all time. <laughs> so. Anyway, on that note, Brendan also picked a 4-2 and two record. I had a 3-3 three and three record. And I actually, Mr. Corsair, I didn't have a record for you last week, so I don't know if you recall what you were thinking or if we just didn't yeah. really talk about it.
2: <laughs>
3: I think I said 2-4 with Kansas City. I think split with the Red Sox, so I think three and I said 3-3. Three. Three so and you were yeah.
0: on, on point on that, so good yeah. job. So... Anyway, um, Chris, if you are not familiar with the game, we kind of go old school White Sox and uh, Hawk Harrelson on this, and we just pick who's going to perform in Blue Jay baseball the best over the next week. You are our guest this week, so you get to have the luxury of uh, hopefully getting the uh, guest spot into the win column for the first time this year.
1: And pick the record that
4: they'll go over the next five games
0: that's the tiebreaker and the record oh yep. okay
4: hang on well how many games are we playing next week we actually forgot to do the preview so but yeah <laughs> so five five games okay so we're uh, okay we're going we're going four and one there it is that's <laughs> a quick turnaround from one. bullshit <laughs> we're going we're going four and one and I'm sticking my boy the 2021 Cy Young winner Robbie Ray <laughs> nice. There it is. Mr. Tight Pants himself. Yeah, they're <laughs> slightly like Tommy like so. And, and he's he's going full on stupid this week, too Just throwing it out there. He's going That'd full be, on stupid. Like he's going to do a Brandon Morrow like 19 uh K game or <laughs> I don't know about 19, but he'll he'll get he'll get at least what one start in this next week, maybe two. Maybe two. No, probably just one. Yeah. Maybe two. Uh he'll have in those, if he gets two starts, he'll have over 20 strikeouts. Ooh, I love it. There it, it is.
1: <laughs> Brendan, you want to go next? Sure. Um, I wish I was you. as optimistic as you, Chris. I am not. Um, being that we're at the top um, and facing Glasnow tomorrow, I know math is going, but do it. I, I can't. I can't pick them to. I can't pick them to win tomorrow against Glasnow. Um, can't do that. Um, I believe I had it up. Uh, the Rays rotation order. No, I've exited out of it. I think I saw Josh Fleming and Andrew Kittridge are the other two starters this series. But regardless, just win one. I mean, that's all you ever hold for when they go to the trop. Um, so give me one game there. And honestly, um, give me one against Washington too. Uh, two and three for me is the record. Um, and my pick to click, I'm going to go back offensively because my uh, strategy of going starting pitching is uh, I wouldn't say it backfired, but it also didn't get me a point. Um, I pick him a week, the first week, and I want it. Um, and I'm hoping that last night was the start of him doing something. I'm going back to Marcus Simeon. Um, I really think that maybe dropping him out of the leadoff spot could do some wonders. Um, and if Springer comes back, if Tioscar back then, there's way less of a focus in the lineup on, on Simeon. So um, I wouldn't be – following in Chris's prediction, if there's two starts of Robbie Ray of 20Ks, I think Simeon has a, might hit three home runs over the course of the next five games. I think he might Ooh. get them. those
0: ballparks. He has the chance. Yeah. Any doubles or triples, though?
4: Uh, I'll give Cycle. him. Cycle. You know what? Just, let's go with six uh, six extra base hits.
0: There he is. Bold, bold. And they're bold. only going to
4: win two games. Yeah. Like, it, four he's already, the
0: only like, one hitting. Those will be
4: the games they win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Mr. Corsair, what do you think?
3: You guys are really optimistic about the Rays, man. I'm <laughs> Don't I'm be a saying I'm saying one and four. Sorry. Oh, they're gonna oh, I, I I do not fuck with the Rays. <laughs> it is not a fuck around and find out situation. <laughs> I'm Sorry. not doing
2: that.
3: <laughs> I think they're gonna get swept by the Rays, unfortunately, and they'll take one against Washington.
1: There you go. One and four. They one always four. find a way to take one at the top. Um, the series. Mm-hmm. Always find a way to take one. In the playoffs. yeah Yeah, yeah. but that was
4: only two (laughs) game three was
3: ours yeah
0: there it is (laughs) true it's because it was taiwan walker's fucking game (laughs) corsair who's your pick
3: ah i was thinking about this all right so i mean i haven't won anything yet when it comes to this so i gotta i gotta pick a gimme shut
0: up i'll go i'll go bow you're gonna go both yeah all right and because I'm gonna try keeping his good natures, I've been trying not to pick the same guy two weeks in a row. I'm not gonna pick Vladdy again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gonna call out Lordis. I I think as much loss nice. as he is, I think the day off might do him some splendid wonderfulness. And then they're gonna actually have another day off this week, so that extended rest you know gives him some extra BP time or whatever it might be to finally shake it out. I'm hoping that he finally figures something out and actually shows up for the first time this season in the batter's box. And. Be nice. Worst case scenario, I honestly, just to be a dick, I almost just picked Kirk. <laughs> just because I think he might start some more this week. I don't know why. Oh, man.
2: <laughs>
0: but maybe that's a week too premature at this point. So we'll see. But anyway, fellas, is there anything you guys would like to add to the conversation, bring up last minute here we uh, sign off and do our two claps and a Ric Flair?
3: Yeah, what's your record?
0: Oh my record! I'm, I yeah. forgot. I, I wrote down three and twos. I think we're gonna win one against the, the Rays, and then we're gonna actually take both against the Nats. Ooh, okay, nice. Okay, so something about being home finally is speaking well go. to me, or maybe it's yeah. just because I'm a party on. Yeah. <laughs> so it is what it is. But anyway, anything else? Nah, nah, nah. nah. Eh. Done this week. All no, right, I'm good thanks blue jays fans for listening in and uh feedback tonight but we also had plenty of people listening so we're very very happy to have you all here um and in all reality make sure you keep hitting us up for those live shows this was an off week where we're going to be thursday correct me gentlemen if i'm wrong was next week a thursday also
3: yeah next three
0: the next three thursdays in a row as we bleed into may we're going to be here thursday evenings rather than our traditional wednesday because that's going to be the off day in between you know travel day and whatnot so as we go from there we're going to continue to have live shows for you here make sure you join the conversation hit us up on our patreon accounts out to our friends over at stadium scene for helping us with this fun wonderful time here and you know also wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from i guarantee you will we'll be there on google podcast apple play whatever whatever so other than that fellas you ready for the two claps and rick flair let's do it game on
2: Woo! Woo! Woo!
4: let's go blue jays <laughs> Smoke stinks. <clears throat>